have you here today. Let's get ready to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because He is worthy. So let's put our hands together and worship Him today.
and ever and ever and ever. We're His. We are His. And I'm so thankful to God that you're here today to celebrate with us. Hey, listen, would you do us a favor? Would you go ahead and be seated for just a moment? I want to welcome all of our first-time guests. Those that are here for the very first time, we want to say welcome. We're so glad that you're here, whether you're here physically in the building or those watching online. Can we take a moment and give it up for all of our first-time guests today? Welcome. Yeah. So glad that you're here. And uh, listen, would you do us a favor? Those that are here in the building, if you're seated uh, there, if, if you'll just do us a favor and take out the connection card that's in the seat pocket in front of you, fill that out. Let us know a little bit about you. We'd be so honored to get to know you a little better. And right after this service, I want, want to let you know, out in the foyer and to the left, you'll see a big sign that says guest reception. If you'll take that card and simply exchange it for a gift uh, back there, my wife Michelle and I will be there along with some of our other leadership team. We'd love to just meet you and connect with you. I promise we won't take up a bunch of your time. We just want to give you a personal welcome and uh, then give you a gift for hanging out with us today. So thank you for being here and those watching online. Thank you so much. As a matter of fact, if you want to connect with us electronically, you can use the QR code that's there. You can scan that or you can text D1TEXT to the number 84576. And listen, I'm going to encourage you to let us know if you have a prayer request. If you're online right now in the chat, go ahead and let us know if you've got a prayer request. We want to know about that. We're, we'll be continually praying for you to see a miracle take place in your life. Also, if you have a prayer request or a praise report, listen, sometimes we overlook the answers to prayer. We need to testify of what God's doing. And I would be so blessed and encouraged if you just let us know a testimony of what God has done in your life. Also, listen, I'm going to encourage you to sign up for our Grow Track. Uh, we, we would be so blessed to help you to find your fit here at Dothan First. It's the track toward membership and ministry here. And it's an outlet for you to be able to give up your time, talent, and treasure to the Lord that reaps a reward, a benefit. And so I'm going to encourage you to do that. And of course, baptism and child dedication uh, for either of those celebration moments. And you want to be a part uh, or let us be a part of that celebration moment. We'd be so blessed to be able to do that. And uh, listen, I want to encourage you, if you have not already, I'd love it if you would follow us on social media. We've got so many great social uh, media outlets for you, and we try to be on all of them, as many as can, just to make sure that uh, we are where you are. And if you're already on social media, it's easy enough to just follow us. There's a lot of bad that's being posted out there. We try to post those things that are biblical and encouraging. And so I challenge you to do that. Also, we've just produced two more um, worship videos and I encourage you let that be the wake-up call in the mornings uh, on YouTube our YouTube channel uh, you can go on there I think uh, one of them has probably the most views of any of them 30 minutes of worship with Dothan first worship team but now we produce two more and uh, can you take a moment thank God for our worship team we're so blessed and honored man you lead us into worship so beautifully every week, and we thank God for that. But you can go on YouTube and check that out. Also, if you want to follow along today with the notes, the YouVersion app of the Bible is the easiest way to be able to do that. Uh, you simply take that YouVersion app of the Bible under the events section, or under more if you have it open right now. You click more and then events, and you'll see our church, Dothan First, right there. You just click on there, 
and it'll have all the links to the scriptures today because we want you to know we don't just talk about God we want to preach the Bible what the Bible has to say his infallible Word of God and so it's just gonna be awesome today as we talk about heaven and the goodness of eternity our eternal rewards what God's got in store for us it friends it's gonna be so powerful but listen before we get there we've got a special celebration we have a baptism today and uh, we're so excited to be able to baptize people and be part of the celebration so if you'll turn your attention right up here pastor will is going to lead us today in this special baptism come on give it up for him good morning both the first family uh we're so excited excited again to be with you another sunday as we join together to celebrate uh just one of our family members taking their next step of faith, but as well as continuing our act of worship. And um, we're, we're so excited because this is a biblical mandate for us. Matthew 28, 19 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as Pastor Mark mentioned earlier, uh, just a quick shout out, we encourage you to take your next steps of faithful obedience. And you can do that by texting D1TEXT to 84576. But again, baptism is an outward confession of an inward commitment and we celebrate baptism because it represents uh, Christ's death his burial and his resurrection so today we're participating in our commitment to fulfill the Great Commission and so today we are baptizing Miss Giovanna Lemon y'all give it up for her. so uh, just a quick thing I want to share with you uh, as we we're in our meeting this morning talking with her family uh, her mom got baptized at 12 and today she's 12 years old making her decision I just want to communicate to y'all the importance of spiritual legacy and spiritual heritage can y'all give it up for our church just the fact she got baptized here her mom at 12 and now she's doing the same thing so it's exciting and uh, Giovanna I'm gonna ask you two important questions okay come up a little bit closer the first one is do you love Jesus with all your heart yes. awesome do you promise to serve him for the rest of your life? Yes. Awesome, right? Go ahead and hold your nose. All right, Giovanna, upon your confession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Good job, sweetie. Come on, y'all give it up for her this morning. We thank God for our opportunity to partner with our church in baptism, and we're so thankful for a church that celebrates this. But we want to continue our worship, so please turn your attention to the screen. For the freedom you fought for, and the flag you stood for. For the country we cherish, and the people we love. For the bravery you showed, and the fortitude you held. For the days of dedication, and the nights of devotion. For the miles you walked, and the skills you learned. For the months of training, and the years of service. For the memories you carry of the battles you saw. For the legacy of your courage and the honor you deserve. When our nation needed you most, you answered the call. A deep and unshakable sense of allegiance and responsibility. You were bold, you did not hesitate, and you did not walk away. You were gone for holidays and anniversaries and birthdays. Because while we were living in peace and freedom, you were fighting for it. Thank you is not enough. We can't repay you, 
but we will promise to remember. You are the reason we can sing the land of the free and the home of the brave. You are the heroes among us. You are not forgotten. You are the veterans. sacrifice and we thank you today amen can we pray over those who lost loved ones God I thank you for the great men and women who served faithfully on the front lines of freedom and God I do pray right now for those who are overseas on watch that are part of this congregation or by representation of those who are family and friends. God, bring them home safely. And Lord, for those in particular who had paid the ultimate price for freedom, they gave their lives. We thank you for them, and we remember them. And we remember the remaining family and friends that maybe here today are watching online that have experienced that great loss because of their sacrifice. We don't take that lightly. And Lord, help us to remember that freedom isn't to just live how we want to live. Freedom is truly to live how we should live. And God, I pray that we would never take their sacrifice for granted. We pray that now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Thank you so much for those that have served. We thank God for you and we remember you this weekend as we recognize Veterans Day this past Friday. And I hope that each one of you took the time to, uh, to vote as a reminder of the price that was paid so that we could vote for that privilege. And uh, I hope you took advantage of that. And listen, we pray for every elected official, those that you did vote for and those that you did not vote for. We pray over them because we believe in what the Bible talks about as honoring those in the, that are in authority over us. And we pray for them. And we honor them. We may not always like the decisions that certain people make that are in authority, but we always respect the seat of authority that they sit in. And that's always important. And I hope you do that on social media as well, that you pray for your leaders and those that are in authority over you. How many of you know if you can change the heart of a human, it'll change how they vote. Isn't that true? And so if you're concerned at all about elections and the outcome of elections, then you need to be in prayer. Friends, that's our God-given right and our responsibility. Well, listen, this is the time in our service where we get to give unto the Lord. How many are thankful God's blessed you? Come on. He's been, he's been good to you. He's been faithful. And we want to be faithful right back. And uh, we're not going to pass the offering plate, but you can see the five different ways to give that are listed on the screen. 
uh, whether it's at the kiosk in the foyer or if you're giving specifically uh, uh, some kind of a cash or check gift, you can take out the envelope that's in the seat pocket in front of you to receive giving credit. And I want to remind you that we still receive giving credit. Uh, that's a great thing that, we, that our uh, government currently has. And uh, if you have some year-end giving, I know that that's coming up as well. You'd have to have everything postmarked by the 31st of December to make sure that you get giving credit for this year. Um, but you know, one of the things that I, I want to remind you of, and I, I hope you recognize this too, is that we thank God for the giving credit that we receive from the government. And uh, if you have that uh, strategically placed where you get uh, some sort of tax, special tax deductions, uh, that's, not, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing but we don't give to receive that credit, amen? We give because God first gave to us. And everything we have, we don't own, it's on loan. Everybody say, it's on loan. <laughs> we don't own it, it's on loan from God. He, he gives it to us that we might steward it. You say, wait a minute, Mark, I worked a lot of hours to get what I have. Can I just tell you, you wouldn't have been able to work those hours if God didn't give you the strength in your body, the creativity in your mind, the 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 blood pumping through your chest. Man, God gives that to you as a, a special gift. And so I, I honor your hard work, but we are called to steward what God's given us. And so I wanna pray over you as we prepare to give that God would bless you exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask, think, or imagine, just like the Bible says. But I'm gonna encourage you today to, to be reminded of, for example, those that don't have you know, too much is given, much is required. And I know that there's a lot of boxes of food that we're about to distribute. And you can participate, even if you didn't bring a box of, of food, you can still participate in the distribution of that food. I know we've got like over 100 boxes to distribute on Saturday, this Saturday the 19th. So I'm going to invite you all to come out, be part of that special distribution from 10 to noon. But listen, I want to just say thank you to every one of you who went above and beyond to get that box, fill it up, and bring it back to us. And if you have a box still sitting out there, please bring it by Monday morning. Uh, we've, got, uh, to, we've got to go through the, all those boxes to make sure they're all correct before we distribute them. But I want to say a special thank you for your generosity. And let me take a step further. We have been uh, partnering with, as you know, missionaries around the world. And in January, we're going to have a moment. We're going to do a special missions emphasis service. And that missions emphasis service, we're going to give you an opportunity to make a, a, a yearly faith promise, as we do every year, to help us support the over 60 missionaries and missions projects around the world. But I want to tell you one quick one that I'm so thankful for. We've, a, we, we've been a partner with Ability Tree. And Ability Tree is a ministry that helps those that are disabled, children in particular that uh, have mental or physical incapacitation. And you know, the Bible talks about the significance of caring for those that are in need. I want to tell you that this, this weekend we partnered with Lifeline to do uh, a special luncheon for them as we talked about helping families to adopt and helping birth moms, the, especially those who are unwed and pregnant. You know, we talk about Roe versus Wade and the decisions that, that have come down in a federal way and the state laws that have changed. And I thank God, I thank God 
thank God. Listen, this has been my entire life. I was born in 72. Yeah, that makes me old. I was born in 72, which means it was at the beginning of my lifetime that this became law, Roe versus Wade, and now having it, having it overturned, what a great joy. But listen, we don't just celebrate, we get ready because now it's the church's time to stand up and help those, those uh, unwed pregnant uh, ladies to be able to assist them through the pregnancy process. That's our heart. And that's how we help. And it's all of our jobs to be able to do that. But I want to say thank you for your willingness to give so we can partner with these organizations to help lighten the load and bless those who are in need. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for the opportunity we get to receive, Lord, from you a blessing. And now I pray that as we receive, we would give freely. To whom much is given, much is required. I speak blessing over these, your people, as we give. In every way, I speak blessing, financially, relationally. God, the outlet of service and ministry that they provide, let, let them receive back, not just, uh, Lord, here on this earth, but in heaven as well. God, now I, I speak a, a strategic blessing over families, over households, over marriages, over parent-child relationships over wayward children that don't know the Lord or have walked away from Him, that they would come back. And Lord, I speak a strategic blessing over these, Your people, that it would chase them down. We thank You for that. In Your name we pray it all. Amen. 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 I talked about needs here in this, you know, United States and overseas, but you may have needs here today. And I'm going to invite our elders, your elders, if you would make your way toward our various stations of prayer, we'll have them stationed in the back over here by the exit sign, in the back over there by that exit sign, and up in the balcony over here. And if you need prayer for any reason, be it a physical need, you need healing in your body, we believe in the healing report. We've seen miracles take place here, friends, as we pray and follow the biblical mandate. But it's not a formula. I want to caution you, it's not a formula. It's faith. It's, it's us operating in the spirit dimension. And then we're believing God for and trusting him for a, a restorative miracle for many of you who need that. Whether you're sick in body or you're standing in for a family member or friend, or maybe you've got other needs represented. When we prepare to sing this next song and over the next two songs, as everyone stands, I'm going to invite you to slip out from where you're at. Go back and receive prayer from your elders and let's believe God for miracles in the house. Could you stand up? Let's worship the Lord together in song and receive prayer at this time. through 
Yeah. 
Come on and worship him with a song in your heart. Come sing out his goodness today. We love you, Lord. Oh, we worship you, God. Sing a new song to him. Oh, we worship you, God. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your kindness, God. Oh, we trust in you. Let's sing that one more time. Your promise still stands. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. Never failed me yet. Aren't you thankful for God's faithfulness today? We love you, Lord. We praise you, Father. Amen. You may be seated. Of all the fears that grip our hearts, no fear is greater than the fear of death. There are those who will tell you that death is a natural part of life. But if death is just a part of life, then why does it cause us such anger and sorrow? When God created humanity, he intended for us to grow more and more beautiful over time. But in one tragic moment, we unleashed sin into the world, and everything broke, including our bodies. Death is the ultimate consequence of sin, and it fills God's heart with anger and sorrow even more than it does ours, because death was not a part of God's original plan. The Bible says that when Jesus approached the tomb of his friend Lazarus, he quaked with rage, and his eyes filled with tears. He was overwhelmed by the suffering caused by death, a curse we had brought upon ourselves. Death's curse was physical. Both the world and our bodies were decaying. But death's curse was also spiritual, eternally separating humanity from their creator, the source of all light, love, and life. But because of God's amazing love, 
He chose to surrender all power and glory to rescue us from death. Jesus, God's only Son, was expelled from the presence of the Father and thrust into complete darkness in our place. He took humanity's curse upon himself, breaking death's grip on us and purchasing humanity a place at the Father's side forever. A day is coming when the true King will return at last to restore the world to its full glory and us with it, renewing both soul and body. You'll still be yourself, but even more so. You'll finally be the real you. On that day, we'll look at each other and say, I always knew you could be like this. I saw glimpses of the real you, flashes of it, and now here you are. Our future is not an ethereal, impersonal one. You're not going to float through the clouds. You're going to walk. You're going to eat. You're going to laugh. You're going to hug. You're going to sing in realms and degrees of power and joy that you cannot now imagine. Some will tell you not to fear death because it's part of life. But Jesus says not to fear death because it's been defeated. And the day will come when Jesus embraces you with his nail-scarred hands and says, Welcome home. I have so much to show you. Come on, are you ready for God's word today? Oh, three of you, that wasn't too happy. Let's try that again. You ready for the word of God today? Yeah. Oh, man. I'll tell you what, I think about that video and what it represents in heaven. And I'm so excited about this series called Eternity. Would you grab your copy of God's word and say this with me? Say, I am what God's word says I am. I can do what God's word said I can do. And I can become all that God said I could be. So today, I'll hear God's word, I'll receive God's word, I'll obey God's word, because I love his word. Now go ahead and turn to your neighbor and say, you look like heaven today. Come on, just let them know, because you could say the other thing, but you're not going to say that. You look like heaven today. You can turn to Matthew chapter 5. As you're turning there, I heard a story about heaven, husband and wife died tragically together and ended up in heaven. Man, they were walking the streets of gold and being ushered into the presence of God. And man, the husband was just overwhelmed by what he saw in heaven. I mean, streets of gold, mansions everywhere, the the presence of God, the angels singing. It was just the most glorious thing that he'd ever seen. All the different colors of the rainbow. It was just, it was amazing. And as he was walking around with his wife and she was remarking how great things were, she, she looked at him and he, he looked a little frustrated at her. He said, baby, what's wrong? And he said, this is so amazing, so beautiful. He said, remember on earth when you had me eat that organic, low-sodium, low-fat diet? Remember even that last Thanksgiving where you wouldn't allow me to eat any turkey or gravy or dressing and you didn't even let me have dessert? You remember that, babe? And she's like, yes. He said, I could have been here 10 years ago if you'd have just let me do what I wanted to do. Now, I'm telling you, it's going to be better than you ever dreamed. We're talking about eternity here. 
Friends, there's a few years we spend on this earth and then we die. But eternity in heaven forever with God. Oh, it's going to be glorious. It's going to be better than you ever dreamed. And as I said a few weeks ago, it's not going to be boring like you've heard. Listen, Hollywood just doesn't do it justice. I want you to understand that it's going to be better than you ever dreamed. It's going to be better than you ever thought. It's going to be the greatest party you've ever experienced in all of your life. And I, I got to say, over the last few weeks, I've been talking about heaven, and I just haven't felt quite the level of enthusiasm that I anticipated from a group that knows they're going there. I mean, I just haven't felt that sense that you've been with me during the message in ways that I anticipated. So in a minute, I'm going to do something that may be a little off-putting to some, maybe a little bit exciting to others. But I, I want you to know that you will not fall asleep during this message. <laughs> Friends, we're going to worship God. We're going to love each other. We're going to fellowship together. We're going to party together in heaven. It's going to be amazing. Here's what it says. Jesus said this when he was talking to those that were going to heaven. He says, I, I, I want to show you. I want to explain to you what heaven is really going to be like and how important it is and how exciting it'll be. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 says it like this. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling a small amount. So now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's party. Come I'm just saying. <laughs> Thank you, young people, for helping me out with that. I appreciate that. Y'all worked with me, and I appreciate it. This will be my last Sunday here at Dothan First. I want to say thank you and goodbye to everyone that supported us during these years. <laughs> Friends, it's going to be a party like you've never seen before. Every holiday party you've ever been to, every birthday party you've ever been to, it is going to pale in comparison to the amazing celebration that we're going to have in heaven. I feel like I need to hit the music one more time just so that everybody gets a chance to do what these teenagers did. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. But it's going to be a celebration like you've never seen before, like you've never known before. Basking in the eternal glory of God. Now the question is, who's going to be in heaven? Hebrews chapter 12 talks a little bit about who's going to be in heaven. And we know, according to that scripture, that, of course, the Trinity, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We're going to see face to face the God that we've served. We're going to see... Some of the most uh, amazing angels, the Bible says in Hebrews 12, there'll be angels that'll be in heaven, right? The Bible also talks about the people that'll be there, the saints of God. 
the old and the young that have served the Lord, that have made a willful decision to follow the Lord Jesus Christ here on this earth. They made a decision to follow God, and because of that, the Bible says that they will also join us for the party in heaven. But the Bible says that all nations, all tribes, all tongues, all people that have loved the Lord and have served the Lord. Friends, can I just tell you, it is going to be so amazing to see brothers and sisters in Christ from Asia and from Africa and from all over the different parts of the world where you gave sacrificially and significantly to see them know Christ. You're going to see them in heaven. Friends, there's going to be a long line that we'll have, a receiving line. We're going to meet people that we've invested in without knowing their names. The celebration that we get to have together. It's going to be a reunion. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 10 says it like this. This is God's purpose. That when the time is ripe, he'll gather us all together. Everybody say all together. (laughs) We'll be with Christ forever. It's not in your notes, but, but uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 18 says it like this, that there will be a huge family reunion with the master. Can you imagine how it, both exciting and emotional it's going to be? Listen, as I've gotten older, heaven has become dearer. Why? Because there's more people that I now know that are in heaven that I'll one day see again. I long for days where I can see those that I've loved that are on this that were on this earth with me and I got to know them and I got to love them and now they're in heaven and one day I'll be reunited. Reunited and it feels so good. Anyway, I told you you're not going to fall asleep during this message. <laughs> I'm going to find ways to get you connected, okay? How exciting, but how emotional it's going to be to wrap our arms once again around our loved ones who went home all ready to be with the Lord. Who would you want to talk to when you get to heaven? I mean, okay, somebody said Jesus real quick, and that's good, that's good, and I appreciate that spirituality. But let me just say this. After you've seen Jesus face to face, because that's really the only one up there that's going to matter anyway in our hearts, that's the one that's going to matter most. But who would you like to talk to after you talk to Jesus? Think about it. I mean, surely family and friends that you've missed that are no longer on the earth but in heaven. Others that I'm sure that you would connect to that maybe, maybe you want to talk to past Christian scientists and mathematicians or those that are in heaven that have created such great things on the earth and were responsible. Maybe kings or queens that knew and loved the Lord on this earth that you'd love to be able to meet personally. But think about even just the, the, those that lived in the Bible times, right? Like we're getting ready to celebrate Christmas, so we got Mary and Joseph. How many of you would like to just talk to Mary a little bit and just say, hey, Mary, what was it like? What was it like to carry the Christ child? Joseph, what was it like to, to have been uh, married to Mary and everyone for the rest of your marriage just talk smack about you. I just need to know, like, what was that like? How did you endure that? Because there is quite a bit of of, uh, smack talk in the Bible about what happened to Joseph, what he was accused and not accused of, what Mary was accused of and not accused of. Listen, I think about people like Abraham or this song that we sung just a few minutes ago. Abraham, what would it be like? I just want to ask him, what was it like to cut covenant 
with God in that moment? What was it like to find the ram caught in the thicket? For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, just read some of the Old Testament. What, I'd like to talk to Esther. What was it like to save a nation? Moses, what was it like to cross the Red Sea on dry ground? What was that like? What was it like to see manna? What did it taste like? It says flakes like frost. Was it frosted flakes or not? I just got to know. Inquiring minds want to know, right? David, what was it like to slay Goliath? Were you nervous at all? It seems like you were really bold in that moment. Afterward, did you think back and go, wow, I can't believe that just happened? Like, what was it like? All these different ones that I think about that I'd love to connect with. The Apostle Peter, right? One of the disciples. What was it really like to walk on water? I mean, what was that? Was it cool? How long did you walk on water before the winds and waves started to cascade and you, you, you started to sink? What was that like? I just want to know. I want to talk to the thief on the cross that, you know, you remember in the, the scriptures, the Bible says Jesus was crucified between two thieves and the one that said yes to Jesus, that decision ultimately got him into heaven. I want to talk to that one and just say, what, what was that like? I mean, you didn't have time to do everything you probably should have done to undo all the bad that you did on the earth. What was it like to receive God's grace and mercy like that? I want to tackle a common question that's a very difficult one, but I think it's important because there are people in this room who have lost children. So the question is, do babies end up in heaven? And the answer is a resounding yes. Friends, they are all in heaven. Did you know that God loves our children more than we do? Jeremiah 1.5 says, I knew you before. Everybody say before. Before I formed you in your mother's womb. Our kids were his before they were ours. And tragically, 63 million babies have been aborted in America since Roe v. Wade, and every single one of them is in heaven. And that needs to bring you comfort today. Those that died at a young age that weren't old enough to understand the difference between right and wrong, between good and bad, between God and evil, God takes care of them, according to Isaiah 7. Why? Because children are not responsible for those things they cannot know or understand. And most of the time, if you talk to children about God, they're the most sensitive people toward God. If you'll notice, some of us, we look at, uh, you know, we kind of close God out, but they're open to God. We in our pride say no to God often, but they're most, most likely to accept God by faith. Think about the way Jesus was with children when he was on the earth. In Matthew 18, 3, Jesus said, truly, I tell you, unless you change, talking about the adults, talking about even the religious, unless you, be, you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of God. He goes on to say in Matthew chapter 19, he, all these little children, even infants, were being brought to Jesus and to touch them and to bless them. And the Bible says that the disciples and even some of the religious were trying to push these kids out of the way. And the Bible said that Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven belongs to these little kids. Stop messing with them. Let them come to me. So if they're not at an age of accountability to make a willful decision to follow Christ, the Bible indicates that they're safe. Even those children, listen, with mental defect, mental handicaps, with the inability to fully understand, even if they're to adulthood, but their, their mind is incapacitated and don't have the understanding fully to accept or truly to trust Christ in the way that we understand. And many of them, by the way, understand way more than you think. 
and have already made a willful decision, but they can't verbalize it because they can't mentally process it. Psalm 116.6 says, the Lord preserves the simple. Even those with the inability to communicate. And you may have grown up in a denomination where you have understood them to say that if a child isn't baptized first, then they go to hell when they die. But that is so wrong. That's unbiblical. It's unscriptural. The Bible indicates that children that have not come to an age of accountability are not old enough to choose good and evil. They are cared for by God. And if they die before they have a chance to choose, how many understand they certainly have not rejected Christ because they don't have the understanding. Listen, friends, every miscarriage, every stillbirth, every abortion, every death of a small child, they go straight into the loving arms of Jesus, and that needs to bring you comfort. Psalm 139, verse 16, a scripture that every one of my children, that was the first words they heard in that delivery room, all three of them. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days were ordained for me and were written in the book before even one of them came to be. David, the writer of the Psalms that talks about, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil said this in 2 Samuel 12 when he lost a baby. He says, now that the baby is dead, I can't bring him back to life, but someday I'll go to be with him. Friends, that should bring comfort to, to so many of you in this room that have lost children. You need to understand they're in the loving arms of God. They're safe with him. And that's something to party over, to know that they're with the Lord, and that you can see them one day. I don't know how many of you ladies have had miscarriages, and I say ladies, but you men as well, you husbands who've endured that that loss and that suffering. I want you to know God knows, and God walks beside you in your pain. We're going to be able to party with those little ones that we've lost The Bible also says we're going to receive eternal rewards in heaven. Jesus talked an awful lot about rewards that we're going to receive in heaven. We'll be rewarded for all kinds of stuff, for our faith, our hope, our love, our kindness, our generosity, our faithfulness, every bit. And by the way, salvation is separate from rewards in heaven. Let me say that again. Salvation is separate from rewards in heaven. Salvation is by grace through faith right? Repentance. On this earth, we say yes to Jesus, we're saved. But it's those things that we do after we're saved that we receive rewards for on this earth. Every bit of the thing that you've done in the good and for God, God says that will endure for eternity in the reward system that he gives. And this is very important because so many people say, well, what's so big about the, you know, uh, working hard to, to do this or to do that? Because you can't work to get, earn your salvation. And that's absolutely the truth. But you can earn rewards in heaven by the good things that you do. Absolutely, that's biblical. As a matter of fact, that reward system is called the judgment seat of Christ. It's also known as the Bema seat. You'll find it in 1 Corinthians 5 and 2 Corinthians 5. Just interesting note. But you can find, there's all kinds of passages where it talks about the judgment seat of Christ. And we think about that and we confuse it with something called the great white throne judgment, which I won't have time to fully go into. But the, the, the great white throne judgment, we as Christians will bypass that one because of Jesus Christ and his goodness and his love. We, we don't receive the judgment because our sins have been forgiven. Are you following this? 
But there's another one called the judgment seat of Christ that's also known as the Bema seat. And that Bema, the word Bema actually is representative of the podium. How many of you like watching the Olympics? Okay, two of you. Okay, that's good. How many of you like watching people win for the United States of America? Okay, there you go. Now I got a lot more people. All right. So <clears throat> you note that one of the things that they make sure of is they have judges there. And the judges... Uh, are usually on some sort of podium where they can see or seated where they can watch as close as any other spectator can. They can watch to make sure that everyone follows the rules properly. And if they don't follow the rules, they get what? Disqualified, right? They get disqualified. Okay. But as long as they're not disqualified, what happens is they have a podium and it's typically a three-tiered podium. There's the highest one and then a little bit lower and then the lowest and we know what that means. They, when they stand on that podium, they usually receive a medal, and it's gold or it's silver or it's bronze, correct? You follow me so far? Okay, three of you. I, I thought that all this party would get you involved in the conversation, but clearly that was not enough. We may need to do it one more time, Pastor Will. I'm just saying. All right, so here we are at the podium. So it's not disqualification because we're in heaven. But now the judge of the universe that saw everything that we did is now going to award us gold, silver, or bronze based on the things that we've done. It's called crowns. As a matter of fact, there's five crowns mentioned. I won't have time to go into it. Eventually, we're going to cast those crowns at the feet of Jesus because we'll say, I am so glad I got this, but you're the one that's worthy of it all. And hopefully next week, I'll get a chance to talk about the five different crowns that are specifically designed for us in heaven. But you can waste your life, you can spend your life, or you can invest your life, right? You can waste it by doing much of nothing. You can spend your life spinning your wheels on trying to get a bunch of stuff for yourself on this side of heaven, or you can invest your life in those things that will outlast you on the earth. And those are the things that exist in heaven for you. That's where you get your eternal rewards. And the greatest use of your life is investing in that which will outlast it. You'll receive eternal rewards for kindness, for helping others, for being sympathetic, for being generous. When you share your faith, you're living in the light of eternity where you realize that's the most important crown you could ever receive. And God sees it all, and God will reward it all. The eyes of the Lord look to and fro throughout the whole earth that he might strongly support those whose hearts are completely his. He's looking to bless you, not just in this earth, but to support you when you're doing things for Christ. When you're doing what God has called you to do and what he's asking of you, it's rewarded. Everything you did for the Lord will be rewarded. John chapter 12, verse 26, Jesus says it like this. The Father will both honor and reward anyone who serves me. You know you'll be honored and rewarded in heaven? Come on. Some of you are going to get rewarded. Listen, some of you are going to get rewarded a lot, and some of you are going to be rewarded a little. You say, well, wait a minute. That's not fair. It's not about fair. It's about being just. God's a justice God. The God of justice knows exactly what you did with the time you were given and whether or not you were responsible to do what God called you to do when he called you to do it. And therefore, you'll be rewarded, either a lot or a little based on what you've done. Again, salvation's over here in this category. We're in. <laughs> you love Jesus. You serve Jesus. You, you've repented of your sins. You're in heaven. Just like the thief on the cross, we made it. By our, by, not by our good works, but by his grace, we've made it. 
But then this other side of the category, the podium side, the Bema seat, this is where we begin to receive the rewards for those things that we've done on this earth to follow the Lord. Remember, even when you're going through tough times, and some of you are going through some tough ones right now, and you're struggling with doubt, Hebrews 10.35 says, do not throw away your confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it'll bring you. Friends, can I just tell you, when you want to give up but did not give up, you're going to be rewarded for that in heaven. Friends, some of you, you wanted to give up on your marriage, but you didn't. You, didn't. you wanted to give up on your job, but you didn't. You wanted to give up on God, but you didn't. And because you did not give up, God says, I'm going to reward your diligence, your diligence, your endurance. God says, I am going to bless you because you did not give up. There's a great reward for your faithfulness and determination and resilience. The Bible talks about, goes a, a little further and talks about an eternal inheritance. You know what an inheritance is. You know what that is. Somebody that worked all their life to get something and then they hand it over or pass it down to their kids or grandkids. It might be, I don't know, possessions. It might be property, whatever it might be. It gets handed down. It's something that you didn't really truly earn, but God gives it and there's an eternal inheritance waiting for you in heaven. Why? Because you're a child of God. God's your father. He's your dad. He's a good God and he has something waiting on you. Colossians 3.24 says, know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It's the Lord Christ you're serving. There's so many in this church that serve faithfully and diligently. And the Bible says you're going to be incredibly rewarded for that. You're not serving people. You're serving God. Think about it. There's a reward, a priceless crown, the Bible says, it's like our heavenly retirement package. You know what that means, right? Right. You're working diligently on this earth to save up money so that at the end of your uh, you know, uh, hard work that you'll have something left over where you can live off of and enjoy. Right? That's, that's what it is in heaven. It's a, that inheritance is literally your retirement package in heaven. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4 says it like this. God is reserved for his children. There it is. You're God's kid. God reserved for, for his children a priceless inheritance kept for you in heaven. So what are you going to be rewarded for with the inheritance? Everything you did on this earth. Literally everything you did for God. Everything. God's watching. He writes it down. He knows. Every action that was godly in your life will be rewarded. Every word that you've spoken that was godly, it'll be rewarded. God wrote it down. Every thought that you had that was good. How many know sometimes it's hard to control those thoughts? The Bible says we have to take thought, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, making it obedient to him. We don't always like that. Our minds kind of wander. We see something and we get frustrated about it or we get angry about it or we start to spiral down in our thoughts or our emotions. We let our emotions take a front seat instead of a back seat. Come on, somebody. And all of a sudden, the thoughts start creeping into our mind. But every time that you took captive those thoughts and made it obedient to Christ, God says, I saw it and I reward it. Your decisions that were good, God will reward it. Your prayers, your generosity, every time you gave to help others in need, your service for the Lord, your sacrifice for the Lord, your persistence for the Lord, every time you didn't give up, didn't give up when you felt like it, God says, I'm going to reward it. When you loved your enemies <laughs> instead of hating them, God says, I'll reward it. 
And the greatest reward of all, the Bible even talks about this being a specific crown that we receive, is bringing others to Christ. Is anybody going to get to heaven because of you? Listen, there's a reason why God kept you on the earth after you made a decision to follow Christ. It's quite simple. The, the primary reason, the main reason why you're still left on the earth after you made a decision to follow Christ is this. It's because God wants you to pass on the good news. And if our worship team would come as we prepare to close, I, I want you to understand the significance of why you're still here. I don't want any one of you to miss out on the best and most important crown you could receive in heaven. And that is that you shared your faith and you helped someone else find the good news of Jesus Christ. That's your reward in heaven. By the way, we're right around the time where Thanksgiving and Christmas are, are, are upon us. And I want you to know that during Thanksgiving and Christmas are two of the most uh, strategic times that people will come to know Jesus Christ. It's true. Already, how many of you have already been out to some of the stores and the stores that you've been in already have Christmas decorations out? Come on, somebody. Do you know, listen, they're playing Christmas carols, Christmas songs that are talking about the birth of Jesus Christ. The hope for eternity is in Jesus Christ and they're listening to it without even knowing it. How many of you have ever started to sing a song in your brain, you couldn't get it out of your mind and you're like, where did that come from? Guess what? There are atheists singing about Jesus and they don't even realize it. They're open, more open than ever before. This is the strategic time for you to reach others with the gospel message of Jesus Christ, the good news, inviting them to our services to be able to hear the good news about what Jesus has done for us. The Bible says you'll be re rewarded for even the criticism you receive. That means you're not an unsuccessful witness if they don't fall on their knees and say, what must I do to be saved? He calls you to be a witness. And I've used this term a lot just to give you a, a word picture, but it's no different than if you saw a, a, an accident or maybe somebody that had committed a crime and you were subpoenaed by one of the, the, by the judge or maybe by the attorneys to give your witness, your eyewitness account. It's no different. You get up on that witness stand and whether it's the defense attorney, right? Uh, that starts to question you. What are they asking for? Right? You put your hand in the Bible, hopefully. <laughs> Promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God. And then you get up there and you tell them two things, what you've seen and what you've heard. You're an eyewitness. You're not called to be eloquent, to sway the judge or to sway the jury. You're called to give an account. And that's what God calls you to do, to be a witness for him. He's just calling you to give an account. Have you seen anything good? Have you heard anything good about Jesus? And can you give that away to somebody? So as a witness, listen, if they fall down on their knees and repent and say, help me to know Jesus, then you've been successful. And that's great. But if, if they come over here and they spit in your face and criticize you and make fun of you, you're still a successful witness according to heaven. Matthew chapter 5, verses 11 and 12, Jesus said, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you on social media. Oh, that's not in there, but it, it, I'm sure it's, that's where it happens. And say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. He says, be happy about it. What? That's nuts! Why would you want to be happy about something you should be frustrated about? 
It's so much easier to go, I can't believe they lied about me and I'm going to tell everybody else my side of the story. He says, be happy about it. Why? He says, be very glad. He doubles down on it. Be happy. Be glad. Here it is. For a great reward. Everybody say great reward. Awaits you in heaven. God says, I'm watching and I'll reward it all. Now, let me remind you, that has nothing to do with salvation. Salvation is a free gift. Jesus Christ was sent to this earth, God's only son, lived a sinless life, died on a cruel cross for your sin and for mine, that we might be set free from the penalty of the law of sin. That law of sin and death is something that you and I are responsible for. We're to pay the penalty. The penalty is death eternally, separated from God. Because why? Because heaven is perfect and I'm not. And you're not. And so we've only got one way in. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No man comes to the Father. Nobody, not one of you comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. And today, right now, I want to give every one of you the opportunity to make sure that you know that Jesus Christ is the Lord of every area of your life. Secondly, I, I want to remind those of you that are Christians in the room that love Jesus, know Jesus, and you feel like everything's right between you and God. Friends, can I just remind you, there's a reward system. And it's based on what you do, what you say, what you think, how you act. Every single one of us are going to stand before the judge of all. And he's going to have the kinds of judgments that know our intents and our motives. Right? You can, you can put on a show for everybody else, but God sees it all. And for some of us in this room, we need to calibrate or recalibrate a little bit as Christians and be reminded that what you do for God does not go unnoticed. And you can waste your life or you can spend your life or you can invest your life. Friends, as Christians, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, it's time for us to start investing our lives in the things that matter most because all this other stuff is just nonsense. Listen, I watched a couple of decent football games yesterday and I can just tell you, in heaven, the outcome is not going to matter. I'm speaking as a sports enthusiast. The outcomes of the majority of the things that we invest our time and our energy and our effort and our money in on this side of heaven is not going to last. It, the Bible says it gets burned up like wood and hay and stubble. It just gets burned up. But the Bible says that the fire of God, that judgment fire of God, it's going to purify the rest of it. All those th the times that you love somebody, supported somebody, encouraged somebody, challenged somebody to know Christ, invited somebody, every other thing you've done for Christ matters in heaven and it's going to reap an eternal reward and I don't want anybody to be confused and get to heaven and go yay God and then we look at the puny crown that we've got that's next to nothing we're like why didn't the pastor tell me that what I did on this earth is supposed to matter in heaven I don't want you to be confused it matters and for some of us we need to reevaluate what we're doing with the time that we've been given because every second is a precious gift from Almighty God. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, in this room, I recognize the significance 
of the scripture that I've shared today and the reward system that we receive for those things that we've done for you. And out of the sincerity of my heart, Lord, forgive me for those times where I've wasted valuable time or resources on things that won't matter when in reality those things that will matter for eternity I could have used my time my talent or my treasure for something that would would last for eternity now God I pray in these next few moments we would take inventory of our lives and recognize those rewards matter If you keep your heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment, there may be some in this room or watching online and you say, Mark, I need Jesus to come into my life. I need to make him Lord and Savior of every area. I've said it so many times. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. We need to focus on him, Christ, our Savior, our Redeemer. And if that's you and you'd say, Mark, that's me, include me in this prayer. Maybe there's sin in your life that's separating you from God. Sin are those things that we've done that's against God's plan, God's order, God's will, the biblical structure, right? We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And if that's you and you'd say, Mark, that's me, I wanna be included in this prayer. In just a moment, I'm gonna have you slip up your hand, acknowledging by the uplifted hand, that raised hand, Mark, include me in the prayer today. I'm not here to embarrass you. It's not my heart to judge you. I simply want to invite you into relationship with Jesus Christ or to have a chance to rededicate your life to the Lord. Maybe you've just been walking in your own willful disobedience and and you know it's not right. Listen, you need to get right between you and God right now. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Whatever, Whatever category you happen to fit in today, I want you to take a moment and let all heaven rejoice and celebrate this decision that you're making before God. So while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, I'm gonna ask you right now on the count of three, slip up your hand if that's you. You wanna be included in this prayer right now. One, two, three, right now, lift it up. Yeah, all over this place. God bless you. Yes, God bless you. Yes, God bless you. God bless you over here. Anybody else? Just kind of scanning my eyes across balcony and main floor. Yeah, God bless you. God bless you. God sees it. He sees your hand. Anybody else? God bless you. You can put your hands down. There are believers in this room, Christians who know the Lord, love the Lord, but you've heard this message and you realize it's time to start fresh. I don't care how old you are. You may be a, a, a few years from death or, you know, maybe 30 or 40 years from that last breath, whatever it might be. But you'd say, Mark, honestly, before heaven and before God, I need to make better use of my time, my talent, my treasure, because it's going to count for eternity. And Mark, right now, today, as a Christian, I'm committing, I'm recommitting to the cause of Christ to make that my priority. If that's you in this room as Christians, as believers, put your hands up all over this place. Yeah, come on, man. Every, almost every person in this room that says, this is my time to rededicate, recalibrate. This is my moment to say yes once again. God bless you. You can put your hands down. I want everybody in this room and those online to repeat this prayer out loud after me. It's a commitment to the Lord. And it's a prayer to him, but I want you to just simply ask the Lord truly in your heart. Say, God, this is me. 
and I need your salvation. I need to rededicate. Can you pray this with me? Everybody in the room and those online, pray this out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I repent for all I've done wrong. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I make you Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, can you just put your hands together and celebrate all over this house today? Would you stand up with us and let's worship the King together? Come on, let's celebrate Him. He's good and He's worthy. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no Again, next week, Lord willing, I'll be able to continue this conversation and explain a little bit more. I'll talk a little bit more about the sacrificial system and how we actually get to heaven because of the blood of Jesus Christ and our names to be written in something very unique, but specifically written in the scriptures. Talk about the Lamb's book of life and give a little explanation for that. But I pray that this has opened your mind and heart to what it means truly to serve God and what heaven is going to be like. I want you to understand it's bigger and better than you ever dreamed it would be. And right now I want to speak a blessing over you in this congregation. I'm going to dismiss some of our leaders and some of our volunteers that are going to go out to greet you today. First time guests, reminder, we want to give you a gift for hanging out with us today. Out these doors and to the left is our reception area. It just says guest reception. And we'll be waiting there for you, ready to greet you and give you a gift for hanging out with us. Let's receive this blessing today by faith. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare, you're my child, no one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you know that that love is good enough to give away to as many people as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing to your coworkers, to your sphere of influence, to your social media followers. I bless you to be a blessing to those closest to you, your neighbors, and those within the connection of friends. I bless you most importantly to bless your family, your children, your grandchildren, your spouse. I bless you to be a blessing to those that love you and you love. And I bless you to receive eternal rewards and the crown that's given because we give a witness for Jesus Christ. I bless you to be a witness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Did you get anything out of today?
Hey, I pray you did. God bless you. We love you. Have a Jesus-filled rest of the week. We'll see you this Wednesday or next Sunday. God bless you. You're dismissed.